Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to episode, I think it's 42, I can't believe it. I was so pleased when I learned the most podcasts don't make it past uh, eight episodes. So we're on 42. <laughs> I'm Doug Sprinthal with... Alex Brant-Bernard Rasmussen. JB. Andy Brant-Bernard. Melissa Bernard. Scott Lambert, newcomer. Tommy. <laughs> He's a little nervous. His voice goes lower. We'll be back after this exciting announcement from one of our groovy sponsors. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Oh. There we are. I love Katrina this song. And the waves. Mm-hmm. So special. Love them. Our special guest today is the president of the Minnesota Auto Dealers Association, Scott Lambert. Scott was one of our first guests just about a year ago in the early days of pod, uh, Car Selling Secrets. And the show has changed. We've gotten a lot more formal and dignified since then. You'd be happy to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> but we ha- this is kind of a cool thing. We always have the guests start out by telling the story of the first car that they ever owned. Because it's kind of a, it has universal appeal. So in, if it's a crappy story, just lie and make up a good one. No, it's an embarrassing story. Perfect. I was in college, and my dad, uh, I could tell that there was a new car for me in the garage. And uh, I went down, and I thought I was going to find my my mother's Volkswagen Rabbit with a bow on it. And instead, my parents had bought me a Triumph Spitfire. Wow! Ooh. Little sports car, a little wind up. It wasn't it wasn't much of a car by today's standards. Yeah. It broke a lot. It was hard to fix and all that. But it was a two seater, and man, I just loved roaring around in that thing. It was great. That's more of a chick magnet than a, oh, magnet yeah. than a yeah. rabbit. No, it was a it was a fun <laughs> car. I'm sorry I ever got rid of it. No. It was that in Minnesota? Yep, yep, it was in Minnesota. See, I drove an MGB for my second year in college, and it was not the best winter car. <clears throat> yeah. I remember the heater was sort of like an 80-year-old woman with asthma blowing on your leg. It, it's about as warm as you get. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was back in the day when the family station wagon, you know, I could uh, I could take that out in the school parking lot. Andy? Andy, yes. lost Scott. Is his mic working? Yeah, his mic's not I working. I bet the uh, cord came loose. I didn't touch it. Uh, it's kind of broken. Can we, we switch, just... Let's switch him around to another one. Well, we could do that. Does this if you want to sit over there, go, there's a... Well, does that go over there? I think so. Here. Yeah. Oh, oh. Take, I don't no. know if it'll reach, though. No, it's not going to reach. No. 
We're so professional. Yes. There we go. Yeah, there Doug, it is. You're so professional, okay. Doug. Way so to go. I was told at the start of this Much that better. you've evolved into a more professional outfit. I'm a car salesman. I obviously the, lied through my teeth. Since the pioneer days of last year. Okay. So I where were we? <laughs> totally forgot. Oh, I was just saying, back you know, back in those days, we all had family grocery getters, you yeah. know, the station wagons, and on a good icy day, I could make that thing do some real, real crazy eights in the high school parking lot on so an icy day. Where did you go to high school and where did you go to college? I went to high school at St. Thomas Academy ah. in Mendota Heights, and I went to college at Marquette University. In, uh, do you know that Paul Walzer has two kids that set the record for most, like, expulsions or... <laughs> 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 he, he had to go on the board, I think, to keep him getting kicked out. <laughs> I'm assuming you're a little better student than that. Uh, slightly. Yeah, yeah, okay. Not much. I, I, I sowed my oats in college. Marquette was a great place to go to school. What did you major in, Scott? Uh, political science. Ah, that's odd. Now, did you go on to graduate-level work, or did you, would you just four was enough? <clears throat> I went on to graduate-level work on the mean streets of Minnesota politics. That was it. So Scott's the president of the Minnesota Auto Dealers Association. He does a lot of great work for all the, the car dealers in town. And um, how, how, did you, how did you wind up doing that? Like everything you do, you kind of fall into it. Yeah. You know, I did, uh, um, I, I started in, I worked for Congressman Bill Frenzel right mm-hmm. out of college. And he, Bill was a great, great guy. And he, he was the third district congressman. And he was a, a kind of a last of a dying breed of, of uh, moderate to liberal Republican congressman. He'd never make yeah, it. Yeah, where did those guys go? They're gone. <laughs> he'd, he'd never make it. He was a common sense fiscal conservative. I just loved him to death. And I ran his campaign. And then I... Um, I ended up working for an association. I sold uh, twins tickets for uh, the Minnesota Agri-Growth Council for huh. AgriPride, some some event they had in the middle of summer, a three-game twins uh, game uh, series with the Kansas City Royals. And along the way, I made a presentation to the Minnesota Grocers Association, and they said, well, we need a lobbyist. You've got some political background. You did an okay job presenting. Why don't, why don't you come on and do this? And I always thought I'd do it for a little bit and then move on to something else. Uh, my boss at the grocers was a real dink, just a real fool. <laughs> and uh, so I was about to quit, and the auto dealers uh, uh, offered me a job as the assistant lobbyist, and it's, I've been there almost 30 years now. Wow. Who, who reached to out to you then? Was it Bill? It was Louis Clayson. Oh, okay. I don't know if you remember Louis so or not. That was a little before my time. Not much, yeah. though. Yep, they caught uh, the current exec. They caught uh, with his hand in the till, kind of up to his elbow. So mm-hmm. they booted him. Uh, the he was that was Gary Rippentrop. They tossed him. Louis became the exec. I became the chief lobbyist, and then Louis just got tired of doing it. About ten years later, and I took over in two thousand. Wow, that's a that is that's interesting how you wind I, up. I always tell, and I was I was born in St. Paul, so I always tell everybody I just never got very far in life. You know, <laughs> you just St. Paul kid. Yeah. You know, Ted Turp's mom when he was a young ruffian, as opposed to being an old ruffian. Ted's a good friend of mine. He's the general manager, great guy. Luther uh, Jaguar Land Rover. Don't buy cars from them. We have the same thing down <laughs> in Kansas. But his mother always used to tell him because he, I guess he's probably seventy. Uh, he said, Ted, if you don't get your act together, you're going to wind up down on Washington Avenue, which was, at the time, the Bowery. That was the mm-hmm. worst part of Minneapolis. And oddly enough, he wound up running the Jaguar store, store on, on Washington Avenue. Washington <laughs> Avenue, that's right, yeah, yeah, the last downtown store. We've got no more stores left in Minneapolis or St. Paul. They ran us all out of town. 
There's still some used car dealers on Lake Street. I think Time Motors is still there. There are, yeah. yeah. So when there's yep. a nuclear attack, the two things that are going to survive are cockroaches and Time Motors. Yeah. You want to go into the discount tire store on uh, on Lake Street, and you can you can shield yourself from about anything there amongst yep, all the right. stolen tires. Doug, I, I have a question. Sure. Um, and this is kind of a novice question. Um, why would the car industry need a lobbyist? Well, that's no, that's a great question. This We're, is a forty-five minute show. I'm going to go grab some <laughs> scotch, and I'll be right back. Go ahead, take it, Scott. We are extremely regulated by by everything, and what we what we are really built for the trade association. The, the The dealers have this weird love hate relationship with their manufacturers. And they, you know, they, they love, you, you, you cut these guys open and they'll bleed Chevrolet or Ford or whatever they sell. But the manufacturers are a real pain in the butt to them. And they try and tell them how to sell cars. And the dealers say, no, you build them, we'll sell them. And they, they exert an enormous amount of economic power to the extent that they can. So uh, the association has, and all the associations around the country have uh, created uh, franchise laws that protect uh, the dealers from the power of the manufacturers and just make it an equal kind of some an equal footing and so every few years we've got to update the franchise laws as the factories find kind of new ways around it and uh, we're really the association we do a lot of things we're very regulated but we're really built for war with the manufacturers now as it has it we're in a big war with the walls administration right now over over some regulations they're trying to impose on us but there's really a, a dealer would have no time to go petition government on his own. Uh, the, the, well, in a way, it's kind of a much. teaching thing. And when you think about it, if you're a legislature, mm -hmm. a legislator, there's no way that you can understand all the different industries no. there are, whether it's farming right. or automobiles yep. or whatever. So you need people that have connections on Capitol Hill that can go in and say, okay, this is our position and this is why we think it's good or bad or indifferent. Uh, probably a great example so to illustrate this would be the uh, recent fight about warranty times. If you want right, to explain right, that, that yeah. might make, yeah. make sense. No, exactly. So uh, so we were not being, the dealers were not being reimbursed uh, appropriately for at the rates that... that I, I think it's important for people that don't know that if you have a car that has a, a warranty uh, the dealer repairs the car under warranty, and then the manufacturer reimburses Reimburse the dealer. Right. That's how it okay. works. So to some extent, what the dealers are doing is finishing the manufacturer process. Right. They didn't build the car correctly. Yeah. So now it comes in, and it's 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 whatever. Sometimes it's a big safety issue. Sometimes it's kind of nothing. But we have to finish the work, and the factories hate paying that to the dealers because we we've got to put we got to put labor rates into it, and there's parts and. All that, so they uh, they work really hard to keep the rates uh, un, un uh, just depressed as 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 low as they can get them, and we got to go in and say no. There's got to be a market rate for this. It's got to equal what we would charge a a consumer who walked in and had the same work done on their own. Uh, you've got to pay that retail rate, and so uh, uh, it was a, it was a huge huge fight. The de the factories just did not want to pay what they owed the dealers, and we spent about two years negotiating that through the legislature. The, the funny part of that story is, is, if I remember right, the the legislator that really stood in the way was a former car it dealer. Was a former, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like he's kind of, we took one from the team, not <laughs> for the team. But, uh, I mean, like the, the Takata airbag situation, you would have some part in making sure that... Well, 
so that's a great example of a of a bad uh, fa bad factory behavior. So the Dakota airbags, before there was a recall, a, a, a dealer could go buy that for you know three hundred and twenty bucks off the shelf if he called a, a Chrysler Parts and said or whoever whatever parts and said we need that that part. He'd pay three hundred twenty bucks. Once the recall was announced, that that part suddenly became twenty bucks because the factories did not want to get charged back the extra money and the dealers are like well, what do you mean i mean they, they, suddenly there's no margin in these you, they, these aren't this isn't a 20 dollar item that's ridiculous so there was that kind of games playing and the dealers want to do the warranty work too right i mean they want they want the work number one but they want the customers to be satisfied that they got a car that they can operate i think that's something important to to mention if you have a vehicle that uh, still qualifies, you're still in new car warranty, you can take that to any branded dealer in the country, and they'll be happy to do the work for you. In other words, if you bought, say, a Toyota Venza, mm -hmm. JB owns a Toyota Venza, oh, nice car. Um, not still under warranty, but if it was, you could go to any Toyota dealer if you had a, a covered part, and they would. Some people, for some reason, think that dealers don't want to work on cars that they haven't sold. That's that's not true at all. Yep. They they make money on warranty claims thanks to people like Scott, and you know it's a it's a money making part of the business. So if you have a warranty claim, um, you can take it to any dealer. We if you buy them from Walls, we obviously prefer that you take it to us. But there's no reason you can't take it to a place that's more convenient. Uh, it's also a good habit to get into, is to call your dealer. I would do it once or twice a year, especially on later model, model uh, real technical cars, and just ask them, give them your serial number. It's on your car. It's also on your insurance card. And just say, uh, hey, can you run and see if there's any open recalls? Because a lot of times, if it's not a big safety recall, they might have an update. It's a lot of computer flashing and stuff like that. And 99% and of the time, it's done for free. Uh, the factory pays us to do it, and your car will run better. So. Well, I just had my oil changed at Walls of Toyota last week. Conveniently located on American Boulevard. In front of <laughs> Nobody knows where it is. Here, let me tell you a funny story before you do this. I, that used to be where our corporate headquarters were, and I'd have vendors all the time calling to have meetings when I worked in marketing, and I'd tell them, yeah, we're Walls of Toyota. And it's like, where is that? 494 in American. Where, where is it? And I said, do you know where Sensors is? Oh, yeah, we're right next to there. Right. Sensors spends no money right. in marketing, yeah. but everybody <laughs> knows where they now, are. Now, those guys are friends of mine, by the way. No, that's, but, that's a great place. But what I was going to say was, you know, when you when you first greet it, you, you tell them what you want done and whatnot, and then one of your people come back and say, tell what they found. And one of the things he also said was, there's no recalls on the car. Yeah. Yeah, so if it's a good dealer, um, they should do that when you're in for routine service anyway. Because it's just, you punch it in and it'll come up and say. Right. And I hadn't even thought about asking if there was any recalls or whatnot. Every once in a while, you get I get an, e uh, an email about the airbags. Yep. And every time I look up, that car is not one of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They so. give you a notice even. It's like it affected 50 cars in the entire country, but you're still going to get that notice. I've had yeah, that happen a couple times. The Takata was millions of cars. So it was a Japanese company that manufactured airbags used in not just Japanese cars, but BMWs and Fords. And mm -hmm. Well, Tom, your Mustang, remember? I kept grinding on you to get that fixed. Yep. Who yeah. needs I'm an like, airbag? Tom, um, this isn't going to be much of a show if you get in an accident and the car that I sold you kills you. Because the airbag doesn't work. I think that's the kind of yeah, press that we don't good. need. 
That would have been You good. did finally get it fixed, right? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, no. Probably Indeed. I did too. Uh, you could you could call over at Walzer right now and ask him. Nobody's calling you a liar. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> just, My own just children JD. are calling me a flat out liar. You know? <laughs> we got to take a break. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Nabla. <laughs> Chuck Nabla. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Sprinthal, Car Selling Secrets. This is weird because this we've talked more cart content with Scott, I think, than we have in the last ten episodes. We sort of wandered away from cars. We were a lot of politics, which seems to be popular right now. Mm. Um, but speaking of politics, Scott talked about this a little bit earlier, uh, and it has to do with there's kind of a big battle going on between some auto manufacturers some state legislatures and the federal government in terms of uh, air quality standards, and it has to do with the, the birth of the EPA. It's kind of complicated. Scott, can you fill us in? It is complicated, but I can, I'll try and boil it down. Uh, Governor Walls has proposed that Minnesota follow California car rules, which means that he is abdicating control of what consumers in Minnesota buy and what dealers in Minnesota can sell to a appointed, unelected California board of bureaucrats, a, a bunch of environmentalists, and they're charged with cleaning up California air. California's got the worst air in the country. They've got 148 areas of non-attainment, which means that their ambient air standards are way below federal standards. And Minnesota has, you want to guess how many Minnesota, how many well, non-attainment areas? I, yeah, I hear, the, is it five? It's zero. 
Oh, really? Because every any... once in a while you get the alerts, and it's usually <clears throat> on a hot, humid summer yeah, day. Not, and... not in Minnesota. Minnesota's got clean air. Um, it's nice being a state on the prairie. Um, we don't have the geographic kind of topographical issues that California has. California has filthy, filthy air, and they're writing rules to try and fix that. And what it means is that vehicles won't be available to Minnesotans. If, if this all goes through, uh, you won't be able to buy the trucks and other vehicles that, uh, that Minnesotans want. Minnesotans buy a lot of trucks, and, mm -hmm. and they don't in California. California works their rules to get people out of trucks. So it's, it's very different problems, very different demographics. But the environmentalists love the idea of California running uh, their own air emissions uh, control and their, and their, their tailpipe. Uh, uh, regulation. Do you have an idea how the manufacturers weigh on this? I mean, my guess is that they just want to know what the rules are so they can build cars. The, the manufacturers don't like it. It's, it's frankly, it's just plain stupid for one country to have two standards for tailpipe emissions. I mean, there should be one standard. There should yeah. be a strong federal standard. They let California go back in the 60s when they passed the Clean Air Act, and it was the only way to get the bill passed. They said, okay, you can have your own air emissions system. Right. And, and that was in the 60s. And, and California arguably had terrible air back then and still does. But the whole thing has morphed. It's, it's a, like everything else. It's gotten more progressive. It's gone far to the left. And California is the only state in the country that's allowed a waiver. So other states can adopt their right. I, rules. From my understanding, about 12 of right. them have followed, right. Right? right? Maryland and Massachusetts and New York. And it's and other stuff. states that have air quality problems. Yeah. And Minnesota just does not. So, but, but once you accept those, there's no modifying it. There's no amending it. There's no tweaking it. You, you take what California decides, and that becomes the rule of law in Minnesota. The, the, I, went, I actually got invited to his press conference when he announced that it's because Jimmy Francis is kind of a friend of the show, the mayor of South St. Paul, and they did the announcement <clears throat> in the park. And one of the things that I wanted to – I've been trying to get him on this show without much luck that I wanted to kind of unpack a little bit – is his contention was that Minnesotans would buy more electric vehicles if they were available. And as a retailer, it just does not feel right. I mean, we have franchises that sell electric vehicles. Uh, the percentages are really small, but it's not because of a lack of supply. It's because gas is cheap and it's a lack of interest. I yeah, think. They, they've got all backwards. By the way, I got called 20 minutes before the press conference just so they could say, oh, yeah, we talked to the auto dealers. Absolutely. But, um, hey, I was there. I was uh, representing. Yeah, no, they, they, we called them. Um, they've got it backwards. He took off in a Suburban, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is not driving an electric car. Um, they, they've got the whole, I mean, we learn in, in grade school economics that supply does not create demand, right? Demand right. creates demand. Right. And there is no demand for, the, the demand for electric cars is very small in this state. And they are... The environmental community is convinced that if they increase supply, they can they'll sell more cars. Now our our response is, we're not anti-electric car. Right. If, it's if you, just another technology, just a another, way to yeah. get around. And if you guys want to sell more, then why don't you talk to the people who sell cars for a living, and we'll work on selling more electric cars. But I, but why we have to go to this California bureaucracy to get it done uh, is ridiculous. Well, you know, not to stick up for the manufacturers because they've got plenty of money, although Ford had a terrible quarter. Oh, my God. Did you see that? No. They no. dropped $1.6 billion. Oh. That's not good. No. Um, it's a, it, pretty soon that adds up to a lot of money, yes, yes. a billion here and a billion there. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that you wonder about is 
as we whipsaw back and forth between administrations, what it, you know, I, I don't want to get into a discussion about who's going to win in 2020 or, but at some point the pendulum will swing and then we're going to get another administration that's going to want really uh, strict emissions rules. And I, I, it just gets so expensive for these auto manufacturers to keep up with that. It's, I, I think we need a longer-term vision and a solution, and everybody has to be on the same page. Well, but I would agree about the supply and demand thing. This is getting to be an old example, but in 2008, gas went from two and a quarter a gallon to four bucks in the summer of 08. And as a retailer, and, and Prius was, uh, you know, the Kleenex brand even back then, people traded in Chevy Suburbans and big gas guzzlers on mm -hmm. Priuses. Five months later, gas came down to two and a quarter a gallon, and guess what happened? They're all back they in. They traded the them trucks. all back in. <laughs> Cost them 20 grand yeah. to save $400 on gas over the course of the summer. So I would, I would agree with you that it's not really um, demand or availability, it's desire. I, you know, there's a car that's coming out. Sadly, we don't have a Ford franchise uh, that I think is going to be a bit of a game changer for that, and that's the new Mustang electric version or whatever mm -hmm. they call it. Yep. Production is already sold out, from what I understand. And you can it, it, it's odd that they use the name Mustang because it looks like a crossover SUV. But if it's a it's a five passenger rig, you can get them an all wheel drive that's 380 horsepower with with really good range, like 300 miles. And they're priced under forty grand, which is still a lot of money, but that's getting to be reasonable. That's right. not like Tesla money. Right. So we'll see what happens. And I know General Motors is spending a lot of money to develop this. It's, uh, but I, I think that's the way you create the demand, not by just you know by forcing it on us. Yeah. Right. Or if we we you know, we have three Nissan stores in town. If we had five hundred Leafs, that would be a lifetime supply. Well, We're never going to sell them. And you know how the manufacturers work. I mean, they've just got to deliver vehicles. They'll yeah. turn to you and say, "Here, you you have to take these twenty electric cars, and you have to floor plan them. You've got to you've got to go yep. to the bank and get a loan and keep them on your lot. And uh, by the way, we don't care if you can sell them or not." You just got to hang on to them. And there's only so much of that to go around. You're going to have to not get the trucks that people want to make room for the electric vehicles. You know who caused all this, actually? Oh. Tom Bernard. He was the first Tesla owner in the state oh, and he even Tom. owned an ELR. I am so disappointed in you. <laughs> I understand. I oh, understand. my God. Really? I really enjoyed the bricking, Scott. The bricking was – it never happened to me, but I heard about it, and that was enough just hearing about it. Yep, yep. That's what they call it. When those things run out of when run out of battery, it's it's just a big doorstop is all it is. <laughs> now, Tom, we've got – you. so you've got a Mustang. We've got the Mustang Mach-E at the auto show this year. you got to come see it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's controversial. Ooh, I'd love to see you it. You know we don't sell Ford, Scott. I know. I'm sorry. And we're one of his biggest advertisers. It's, it's very controversial. But we have a lot of good Walzer products on the show floor as well. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> that went really smoothly, I thought. Hey, if there's any listeners out there, I think we've got a couple some auto show tickets we can give away. If you uh, we have a couple, the, that's for sure. Uh, do we have a call-in line that actually works? Uh, I mean, technically, that one could work. The six twelve. We just have to make sure. I don't think that's actually the number anymore. Actually. Ah, so it's an invisible number. The text line will do. What's the text that's, line? I think that's the text line. Okay, so, so if anybody wants a, a pair of auto show tickets, text us at six twelve. 295-1526. That's 612-295-1526. Do you know why I did it like that? Why? Do you ever get these 
voicemails on your phone from mm-hmm. somebody that you never talked to them before, but it's really important. And the voicemail goes on for 15 minutes, and, and then, then they, they go, give me a call, 612 Damn it, damn it, slow down! And they never repeat the number. That's right. You know, I always, when I leave my number, I will say my name twice within the message yeah. and leave my number twice. I've had some people that are courteous enough to say, John Blackshear, 612-295-1526. Then they do the message and then right. they say it again. But that drives me absolutely Then you got to listen insane. to the message all over yeah. again. Yeah. And you try to fast forward it and then you erase it. And, call, and you didn't want it. to talk to them in the first place. Now you're fighting for their message. Until it was an insider's <laughs> stock tip. And yeah. I thought, hmm, I can leave this all behind. So you were talking about the warranty stuff earlier. Yep. Uh, now, how would a, and does a lobbyist play any role in now the new extended, by the extended warranty type programs or whatnot? Yeah, I mean, those are available to, to the consumer from a variety of uh, sources. Uh, we don't we do not do that, but that's something that uh, the F&I department in one of the... Yeah, I, I guess I'm asking is, do you guys lobby against it, for it, or just kind of a thing that's just out there what what we would be worried about is that it's all fair that everyone's right. playing by the same rules and and that nobody has some advantage over somebody else in the marketplace well and there have been i don't know if it's currently an issue but in the past there have been some scams national right. overnight warranty companies and that's why you get so many mm-hmm. calls and there yeah. are even memes about it on social media yep. we've been trying to contact you about your car's warranty yep um you don't have to buy them from the dealer, but if it's a local dealer that's reputable, um, they're backed uh, on by you – know, there's enough funding there. You don't want a warranty company because it's a little cheaper to go out of business and you're screwed. Now, the state attorneys general will usually go after those, but to get settlements can take yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You want, you want to know it's reputable. Well, we got two people who texted in. One said they love auto tickets. Okay. And one just said cars. <laughs> so Cars. You just want cars? Just cars. I love, I cars. Shows. I'd love car. some cars. <laughs> you got cars to give away? Do you yeah. have numbers that you can give me? I sure do. And I, I will contact you as soon as the show is over, and we'll get uh, tickets cars. out to you. Cars. Cars. <laughs> I think they wanted to be one of the first people to reply, so they just said a word that's short yeah, and no, relevant. Yeah, no, that's cool. They're listening anyway. The I don't, how many show- do we have? We haven't really counted them, so we're just kind of... We got some. We got we an amount. We can make more. I can leave He's a few more. He's the president. Somewhere between one and a million. <laughs> yeah. I can't say... I can't be more specific yeah, than that. that's all Scott's the president. He could do the State of the Minnesota Auto Dealers uh, address. Printing Speaking money. of which, I don't want to get into it. Oh, dear. No. No, what? the State of the Union. I, you know, was there, a state there of are the parts Union? of it that I think is fabulous, but there's part of Why me that you thinks, son of a bitch. <laughs> maybe, and I blame it on Reagan because this has become a standard. Mm. You know, it's the tear jerking thing, which is, you know, the 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 family reunion stuff and the Tuskegee. That's really mm. great, right? But it all goes back to I think the Reagan and he was the first guy that pulled that off. If you remember the. Uh, a plane crashed in the Potomac River, and some guy, a lot of people died. It was in the wintertime. That some guy saved a lot of people and died, and so Ronald Reagan shined a light on him. And oh, every president yeah. after that has said, okay, I can do better than that. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. Well, God, look at how George Bush's ratings shot up right after 9-11 because, you know, 
people are united by tragedy. Yeah. That's just, and they're, they're manipulated by tragedy as well, but they're also united. So. I, I stopped. I was, and I know this this will sound weird, but I was a 8 to 10 to 12-year-old kid in the heart of the ghetto of St. Louis, and I would always watch the State of the Union mm-hmm. address. And now you couldn't pay me to watch the State of the Union address. Well, I feel sorry. So maybe you know this. What's the average age of a senator? Oh, I'm just guessing. Yeah, it's got to be like 106 or something. They're all, yeah, they're all. Sure. 106. So half of them uh, (laughs) sit there stone-faced and roll their eyes. So they get dizzy. The other half pretty much are forced to do calisthenics for 90 minutes. <laughs> it's the most exercise any of these guys ever get. And if you watch them by the end of the show, they're like, oh, God. Oh, yes. go. <laughs> the average senator is 62. Yep. Nice. Well, you had that about right, Doug. That's yeah, that's good. pretty close. Average member of the House is only 58. Ooh. Young Spry. bucks. See, I w- that's interesting that they're uh, that close when you think about it. It's great, it it's great theater. State of the Union is just political theater yep. at its best. Basically, yeah. And I think that's why I stopped watching it, because I actually wanted something. I actually wanted something. Not just a performance. I didn't want to sit there and watch somebody tear up paper or phony clap or whatever, or roll their eyes or just sit there and this, that, and the other. Boy, the Joint Chiefs of Staffs looked really crabby, didn't they? (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's just the military persona, perhaps, but they look like... But, you know, I mean, not to get too high on this, but politics is like its own marketplace, right? Yeah. And you're selling ideas all the time, and that's that you've got the... You got you're on primetime television, and nobody gets to yell back at you. You got 90 minutes of just your own your own time to make your own... You've got the... Whoa. What's going on, Andy? Facebook echo. had a little echo. problem. What was that? It was you. It was you it was on you. Facebook. <laughs> I must have been saying something pretty profound if it came back on. <laughs> well, I think we got to take a break, and we'll be la- back for, for our last segment of Car Selling uh, Secrets. God, I can't even talk. Car <laughs> Selling Secrets. Car Selling Secrets. <laughs> and we'll talk about the, auto, the Twin Cities Auto Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Start the new year looking great and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with help from my friends at Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, you'll receive 20 to 30% off all programs with Ultimate's New Year's resolution sale. Do what I did and let Dan and Neil Sheehy and the staff at Ultimate help you change your relationship with food forever. With the help of Ultimate, I lost 41 pounds and another 42 pounds in each of my two 40-day programs. Debbie P. from Anoka lost 31 pounds in 43 days. Cheryl S. of Webster lost 36 pounds in 43 days. And Ron D. from Lakeville lost 57 pounds in just 43 days. Live your healthiest life starting today. Schedule an immediate consultation and receive 20 to 30% off all programs for a limited time. Call Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. 763-333-7337. 763-333-7337. 
love that song. We are back with Car Selling Secrets. We're here with Scott Lambert, the president of Minnesota Auto Dealers Association. We got a lot of responses on the talk and text line for people wanting free stuff, which yeah. is cool. Walzer is the socialist car dealer that gives tickets away for free. Um, I'll be, uh, we've kind of run out, however, so I'll be contacting the people uh, after the show, and we'll get your addresses and figure out how to get the tickets to you. For, yeah, if you got a text in prior to that song that i just played yeah we're gonna call it good yep 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 you're all in i think we've got what five thousand people that contacted <laughs> so us far. Well, we got one more i think oh it's nah, he just the rec tech guy replied is it jordan uh no huh <laughs> you're like who's that he is in a facebook group with you because you have the same smoker whatever that yeah is. it's rec tech is the name of a pellet grill and i've got uh, i want one of those so bad smoker okay mm. well we'll hook you up Got any free smokers for me? No, but we want to talk guy? about the car show with our good friend Scott Lambert, president of MADA. Scott, when is the show? What's groovy? What's cool? What's happening? How many cars are there? How many square feet? Go. Oh, my gosh. The car show is March uh, 7th through 15th. It is the largest event that ever takes place in the Minneapolis Convention Center. By far, we're bigger than anything. The Super Bowl or the World Series brought, anything like that. Wow. We take all four halls, 400,000 square feet of unencumbered space of... Everything uh, that's for sale in the Twin Cities market, um, uh, everything from uh, startup, you know, uh, subcompact starter cars to Bentleys and Maseratis. Are you doing the luxury room again? We're gonna, we put the luxury, uh, we're going to do a truck It's room. called the Tom Bernard room. That's though, right, right. That's right. It got yeah. too big. Yeah, yeah. We put that back on the main floor so we can, uh, we can satisfy that, that demand. That's always a popular area. So we'll have a lot of cool stuff. The big thing is we're getting two indoor tracks. This year, we've really? always, we've always wow. had Camp Jeep, yep. which is always super popular, and they're coming back. We also got the Ram track coming back, so you can you can ride a Ram truck inside the convention center over a over a, a track that shows its capabilities and towing capabilities and all that stuff. So, so if you haven't cool. experienced the Camp Jeep thing, it's it's really cool actually, and it's somewhat terrifying. Yes, yeah, it's more intimidating. Uh, you than don't you know. actually drive the vehicle. There's a professional driver, but they take you on this indoor torture track, and at one mm. point you'll be pointing straight at the ground thinking that you're about to tip over. Yeah, if you're not buckled in, your face will be planted on the windshield. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, oh, it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. And those uh, lines usually get pretty long for that. So if, if you want to do it, get there when the show opens and get in there yeah, really quick. No, uh, Otherwise, we, I mean, you can just wait if you want to. And when does the show open? The show opens. Well, Very thank good, you. Andy. Thank you for that question. We The show opens at 10 o'clock on Saturday, March 7th, uh, and runs till 10 o'clock that night. The, the show hours differ, so make sure you get on the website at, at TwinCitiesAutoShow.com and make sure you plan your day. During the weekdays, it opens at 4 o'clock. It's an evening show, except for Wednesdays, where it opens at 10. And we call that half-price Wednesdays. So we used, we, and the insiders call it Old Folks Day. Yeah, I know. The seniors got mad. We used to call it Senior Citizens Day. Senior Citizen. And Sen Senior Citizen Ladies Day. <laughs> Cardinals, Cardinals used to call that. Really? Yes. Yeah, we, well, we, we called it Senior Citizens Day, and then we changed it to half-price Wednesday. We never touched the ticket. But I still get complaints from senior citizens that we changed their day on them. I have a <laughs> funny story about that. So when they were redoing the, the current convention center, there was a year or two that the auto show was in the Metrodome. Right. 
Were you with the, no? I wasn't running at that point. Yeah, I was. So what happened on uh, Old Guy Wednesday? The problem was you came in on the concourse, mm-hmm. and other oh. than the one real little elevator, you had to walk all the way down to the field. <laughs> oh gosh. So these poor guys, I mean, they'd make it down, and then they'd go, ah, we need a beer or a soda. They'd have to walk all the way back up. It was, it was, it was pretty funny, actually. Oh, and now that I'm qualified for a senior discount at McDonald's, I don't think that's that not as fun anymore. Well, the show's a lot of fun. Every, every year, um, we'll have uh, whatever's new on the market, uh, the latest trucks, the latest sedans. I said we'd have the Mustang Mach-E. We, we believe, we're 99% certain, we're getting the mid-engine Corvette. That's a really big deal. That's a groundbreaking car for General Motors. That is the hottest car on the planet right now, and we're told we'll have it on a turntable. So it's uh, it's going to be exciting. It's always kind of fun. You never really know what's going to show up until they roll off the trucks. People do ask this uh, every once in a while, if we sell cars at the auto show like they sell them at the boat show, and the answer is we actually don't. And the thinking is we'd really like to give people the opportunity to browse without feeling any pressure whatsoever. Um, I, there were days in the past where we did it in the bathrooms. but that's just, <laughs> I was working at Maury's Mazda when the Miata came out, and we'd pretty much write those just cars write those up, up anywhere. Right there, huh? But right for the down. most part, um, and Maury Wagner made us do it. That's you know, a terrible guy. Oh, we, just kidding. He's a good friend. Maury's terrific. We have had people... Leave the show, go to the dealership, and buy that car on the showroom floor. Yep. And next thing we know, we get the call to make you know, cordon off the car. Lock yeah, get the, doors the police tape sort of out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get get everybody out of the vehicle. Someone just bought it. Yeah. So that's that's happened before. Yeah, but it is a it's, it's a no pressure setup. It's really fun. Tons. There's a food court there, so you can spend. It's a great way to spend a, a March day or a March afternoon hanging out at the convention center. So it's down on Third Avenue and. Or you know where the convention yeah, center is, right convention downtown, Twelfth right. do, Avenue and Third Street. There you do, go. Do the dealers, or can they, even though they can't sell cars there, can they offer deals? You, yeah, uh, not at the show, but um, and that's a really good question, and I'll tell you why. Not just because you asked it, and you're a friend. Thank you. So <laughs> this is an unusual auto show in that it really drives business locally a lot of other parts of the country they're like oh the auto show you know i don't know when it is it's in june but for some reason and i think it has to do with our climate and the timing this is early spring and people are starting to unhibernate and think about buying stuff our business shoots way up typically january or february is the worst month of the year for new car sales Mm -hmm. for us makes sense Um, march the volume will double what it was in our worst month and that's because of the auto show now the manufacturers have finally figured this out and a lot of them will add extra incentives during either the auto show itself or for the month of march so if you're in the market for a new car the pro tip is to you know obviously don't buy a car just because of a rebate if you've been thinking about buying a ram truck or a chevy uh, uh, cruise or whatever it is Contact the dealer and say, hey, if you, get, you guys anticipating any auto show money, they might have it already. So that is a really a truly a good, it's free money from the factory. It doesn't come from the dealers. The dealers just pass it on through. Right. But because this is such a strong uh, in- inducement to the market, it really, 
the manufacturers going, shit, we don't want to get beat by Chrysler. These guys are as competitive as top 10 basketball teams. I mean, they all hate each other and they want to smoke each other into the ground. <laughs> and as a consumer, that's a good thing because right. you can only buy one unless you're like a really famous DJ that was just written up in the Star Tribune. You can afford to buy a bunch of cars, but for most of us mere mortals... Big Tom might have ran He's away. not even listening Cars, anymore. who cares about that? <laughs> I am li- What are you talking about? I just took a shot at you and you let me get away with it. I can't I believe don't it. Care. You all, that's all you ever do. Well, you're it the one that told me, me I wished I had the coronavirus. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's <what>? real. <laughs> we did a commercial for our Nissan story yesterday and it's I, I write them and typically, you know, you know the shtick. We mm-hmm. just kind of pound on each yeah. other. And the closing line of the ad was Tom saying, I wish you got Corona. <laughs> nice. Anyway. A beer? And I said, I don't want to say that. And he goes, yes, you do. I know. That's the only thing You're I've ever written it. that you said, I really shouldn't do that. <laughs> when I did stuff with Mark Rosen years ago when he was on The Fan, he, he, he like, ixnayed half the stuff I did. I had a bit with, it was Stephen Hawking, and he goes, oh, I don't think we can make fun of him. I'm like, well, he's in a wheelchair. He can't take you. <laughs> exactly. The Big Bang Theory made a living off of making fun yeah. of Hawking. Yeah. That's well, Mark, they Rosen, did. Mark Rosen's a stiff. Mm. Oh, that. <laughs> Mark's still on K-Fan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's semi-retired. I think he's yeah. on the show in the afternoons. For I think bit. he does one hour with the common man. Yep. Oh, he and does? That's yeah. Oh, he doesn't do the mornings or afternoons anymore? Nope. He does. Oh, I didn't even know that. He's doing some uh, TV stuff for a... It's some health food or something like that too. It's it, that's the bad thing about the marketing. McDonald's. I, I recognize. <laughs> yeah, right. Deep fried cheese. And he was also doing <laughs> the. He was also. I was about to say Kirk Cameron, Kirk Cousins show. Oh, that's right. Okay, so he's still around. I like Mark. I'm yep. just te- teasing him because he's not here and can't defend himself. Exactly. Best way to do it. Okay, so what else can we talk about here, Scott? we got a few minutes before we have to wrap up. Well, uh, it depends on what you're looking for. The beauty of the auto show is that you can come in and kick tires for the same class of vehicle and just walk across the show, and you can go look at brand to brand to brand. If you want a minivan, you go from you know, Chrysler to Ford to GM and you can GMC, and you can look uh, without running all over town. You can go from one end to the other. And we'll have... Uh, you know, it's a family show. You see a lot of families. You see a lot of generations. Yeah. Guys come down there. You know, my dad always took me. I'm here with my dad and my kid. You see a lot of them <coughs> at the show. And we got different promotions every night. We got military night, honoring, honoring military, military veterans. We got the auto show after dark, which is on Friday night. We turn down the lights. Ooh. And we and we turn up the the uh, the lights on the car on the vehicles. So, and, and what you don't know are some of the vehicles, like the Audi or the Mustang, when you open the door, there's a light that shines down on the floor. And you don't see that until we do that. And what we discovered after a couple of years is after that Friday night, we call it auto show after dark, that's kind of turned into date night. Oh, really? The show, yeah. So you see a lot of that going on. And that's, that's kind yeah, of a fun thing. When's meat market night? I, was just know, I wanted for a to do a meat, a meat raffle at the show. I thought that would have been great. I was just Only about to ask, what day is single night? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the only one that would attract me at this point. So. It, it, I'll tell you a funny related story. And, and when I was a younger salesperson, usually the booths were staffed by 
um, yes. local salespeople from the dealership. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. Hot, no, 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 no. Hot-looking young women. <laughs> well, and do <laughs> you? Well, so, honestly, that did, still kind of goes on. Go so it depends on the brand. That, that's there. Uh, but a lot of them over the years were replaced by more professional product specialists yeah. because what happened was all the young sales guys would leave the post and go try to hit yeah. on all the <laughs> models. So the manufacturer thought, yeah, I just spent half a million dollars to replace some cars here, and he's trying to get lucky batting way out of his league, right? So they brought in product specialists, and these people are really, you know, they know so much about the cars that they represent. It's really, you can learn a lot. It's I, I think the quality of the presentation has, has grown so much since I've been in the car business. So That's what I always cool. say. L listen, if you've got, it's it's good to stop and listen to their their spiel about the car. They know a lot, yep. and they love answering questions. That's why they're there. So you don't see a lot of salesmen on the floor anymore. It's pretty much factory yep. product people, and they're they're a huge resource. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to see if I can talk my at least talk my son into going. Well, good. Yeah. You know, he, he drives a 2002. Well, let's have a call in. If anybody's looking for a date, JB's got some tickets <laughs> to the auto show. Um, what are the parameters? Do they have to be employed, JB? Or? Okay, do you, if you have a job and you're a, I, I, this is a, a leap, but female? Yeah. Okay. And a woman with a job that would like to go to the auto show with JB, text us at 612-295-1526. Actually, my son's 31. Are you open to twins? <laughs> Apparently he's open to twins, 612-295-1526, uh, and if it's a mother-daughter setup, we might have oh, to do a remote no. oh, podcast. Okay, this is a family show, I know. remember? I just want to yeah. tell you, it's a family event. Got away from us. The board is smoking. It's on fire now. Yeah, right. The crickets. <laughs> but, uh, no, maybe I can talk my son into going. He's, he's driving a 2002. He's he's uh, Lexus. He bought from his roommate who fixes up cars, mm -hmm. and it's starting to actually rust out on him. I'm sure it is. So if, you know, it is closing in on twenty. If right. He's driving a 2002. He's part of the problem, and he needs to be part of the solution right now. We need to get him into a new. <laughs> <laughs> Love well, it. He needs to step Love up it. his uh, employment, but um, yeah, at well, least we can, hey, look. we can finance for seventy-two months. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Scott, you usually want to wait till they pick something up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should leave that to the professionals. What's right? his credit score? It's probably pretty good because he hasn't bought a, he hasn't bought anything. Well, so. That's good. I didn't even have a credit score until I was like twenty-five, so don't feel bad. Well, that'll wrap up uh, episode forty-two. I think it is a car selling secrets. Thanks to our special guest Scott Lambert for taking the time to come in here and give us all these free passes and talk about the auto show. It is really an exciting time for new car shoppers. I'm going to be down at the show. I might even be doing a podcast down there Great. if I can get some of these chicken shit OEM reps. I reached out to all of them going, hey, you want to help well. sell cars? And they're like, you know, I don't, I, I'm having my hair done that day. Like, oh, loud. Kathy Barth, our friend from Mazda so far, is the only one that's agreed to do it. Kathy, if you're listening, we love you. Put some heat on the rest of these jamokes, will you? And we will see, We will not be on next week. Uh, I'll be out of the country, and Tom will be lounging on the beaches of Key West. But we'll be back in two weeks with another exciting episode of Car Selling Secrets by Walzer Automotive. <laughs>